0: A podcast. We trust you will be blessed by this message from Senior Lena Marty Manuel. Um, I, I want the fathers just to stand for a minute and we just want to release a blessing over all the fathers. You know, in this day and age, there's probably coming a time in 10 years where we're, we're even going to be ashamed to do such a thing because of the onslaught in the whole gender war and family war that we almost are embarrassed about celebrating father's day and mother's day and these these quality days where we can actually honor mothers and fathers and so we want to actually go against the tide and get even stronger in this area (laughs) if that's okay and um one of the other things that you know that that is, is really been on my heart in the last few months is about men rising up and standing in their authority as the leaders of the family, the leaders of the household, and that's not a dominator, that's a leader, that's a God ordained gift and position that God's put before, before us. And uh, but He's also called us to lead, lay down our lives for our wives, for our families, and lead in prayer, lead in worship, lead in an atmosphere of setting the agenda in our home of the kingdom of heaven. And so that's what we want to pray today. And if you want that for your husband, you can go fasting and praying right now on your knees um, into intercession, Um, or you can just stretch out your hand like most of us, the rest of us do, but um, do what we need to do. But let's stretch out, that was a joke, by the way, but stretch out your hand to to these guys. If you know them, if you don't know them, it doesn't matter. But um, it's so important that we have the Father's heart over our families and over our communities. And so, Lord, we pray today for these fathers. We pray that you would bless them today. We thank you for them. Lord, we thank you for the gift that you've given them to lead their families. And Lord, we pray that you will fill them today with a fresh revelation of the Father's heart. Lord, that that fresh, liquid love would be poured into them and into their families. Lord, we pray for alignment. We pray for kingdom alignment over families. Lord, where the enemy has sought to kill, steal, destroy, and confuse roles and responsibilities. Lord, we set that straight today in the kingdom. Right now, we set it straight. And we decree alignment over our families. We we decree even a male spirit that follows after the heart of the Lord, the heart of David, that would rise up and be a worshiper, would be a lover, and would be a leader. And Lord, we thank you for them. We pray protection over them. We pray for prosperity and blessing over them. That what what they put their hand to, Lord, you would favor. And Lord, when they seek you with all their heart, Lord, you would be found by them. Lord, in that place of intimacy. Lord, we pray you would prosper them to lead their families, lead their wives, lead their kids, lead in every area you've given them to lead. Lord, we pray blessing upon them. Lord, we thank you for them when we pray this community would be blessed by them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Dads. Great to have you here today. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that I never really feel to share specifically on the theme of the season. So it's not a Father's Day thing today. Um, but uh, we still want to, you know, it's, it's absolutely a phenomena, if I can call it that. One thing that we've noticed in... Um, in our time in ministry, in, but also just in life, and most of you would know this, but particularly when you're leading, you really see this, that if the enemy can confuse males and females and husbands and wives in their roles and responsibilities and their callings as to who they are in the kingdom, then he sets everything off platter. Everything's out of kilter. When we know our roles and our responsibilities as husbands and wives in honouring one another's uh, talents and gifts and heart and, and actually a man knowing it's okay to lead his family because in today's day and age, men, men are even shy to even think that that's okay anymore. And yet the scripture teaches it so clearly that a man is the head of the house. And it's so rare to hear that today. And some people go, oh, that sounds like old you know Amish teaching. No, it's not. No, it's not as straight from the Word of God. And you can research it. You can look it up yourself. And what it does is it brings a kingdom alignment to a family. It brings a balance to a family, not a domination and a control. It actually releases blessing. So what, what, what that opposite spirit actually tries to tear down actually really needs. It needs that leadership. It needs the nurturing heart of the Father actually leading the family with strength with clarity. And there's times where, you know, I just have to say to Karen, no, I'm watching the crows tonight. I don't care what we're going to do. One of the things you learn at preaching school is that when you're going to hit a really serious topic, just throw in a curveball. Throw in a curveball and see what happens. But anyway, enough of that. Um, I'm telling you, it's a blessing though. Families, if if you're noticing things are out of balance, then look at marriage. Look at roles. Look at that area because it's a key area to kingdom blessing. And um, so I want to talk today about three arenas um, that I see being really, really key for us in releasing the kingdom of God in greater ways. So I've just called it three arenas. And I want to start, and this is really simple, okay? This is not deep theological study or anything like that. It's very simple. And, and it's so simple, I've probably missed this 20 times when I'm reading it. But there's three things I want to bring out that, that I feel are really an encouragement to us in our walk and in our growth about where we are right now Philippians chapter 2, verse 22. Philippians chapter 2, sorry, verse 25. Philippians 2, verse 25. And it's really just, uh, just the verse, actually. And this is Paul's letter to the Philippians, and, and he's actually sort of speaking to them about Timothy, speaking about some of the workers, some of the helpers, and some of the apostolic leadership that he's wanting to bring an encouragement to uh, the uh, Philippians. And he says, But I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger and minister to my need, because he was long longing for all and was distressed because he heard, because you had heard that he was sick. Anyway, that's not the point. I want to go back to the first bit because it's so quick you can miss it. But I thought it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, my fellow worker, and my fellow soldier. These are the three things I want to bring out today. Paul here is saying that Epaphroditus, and he talks about Timothy in the same way as a, really a son in the Lord, but he talks about his fellow workers. And here, I believe he gives us three keys to how we can succeed in doing the kingdom business together. There's three areas, and you're probably beginning to see it now. First, he says, my brother. Then he says, my fellow worker and my fellow soldier. Brother, what does that equal? Family. When we do things well in a family context, then we can release the kingdom of God well. He's, he's saying there that he's his brother. He identifies him as family. The second thing he says is, my fellow worker, or in another maybe NIV it says co-worker. My fellow worker. What does that uh, picture say? Well, that's really talking about the mission that's talking about what do we actually do together? How, what do we do with our hands or the work of our hands? It's the mission. And so I want to explore that. And the last thing is he talks about his fellow soldier, and that's really talking about the army of the Lord. And so these three arenas that I can see, and Paul was so successful in establishing apostolically the early church, because he understood this really clearly. He knew that as the kingdom of God, we are actually family. He knew we had a mission. We, he knew we had work to do. And he knew he was a soldier in the army of God. And when we identify with these three things and we realize, wow, these are three key areas that if we succeed in and we work in and we apply ourselves, we can actually see the kingdom of God multiply. And um, I, there's this funny thing with fiberglass pipe. I know this is random, but there's this funny thing that um, and it's called extrapolation. And when you're doing long-term testing of pipes, and any engineering people will understand this, but and if you don't, just fall asleep for a couple of minutes and wake up in a couple of minutes. But anyway, so to to predict the lifespan of a fibreglass pipe out 50 or 100 years, we do long-term testing. And in that long-term testing, in one year, you can actually extrapolate the, the results out to... 50 years or 100 years by using extrapolation and something. Kieran would know this from mathematics, right? Where's Kieran? Oh, he's asleep, okay. Um, but mathematicians know this, but that you can actually use tools to actually predict a longer period of time by even just taking a short period of time and plotting those results. And so we used to do this and we'd predict all sorts of wonderful you know, time frames for our pipes. But, and they do last that long, I never lied. But um, one of the interesting parts about this is the power of, of extrapolation is incredible. You know, a linear graph just goes like this, right? And you can plot it and you can see, okay, one year, two year, three year, and it just sort of goes up slowly. But extrapolation goes like this, wow. And it really is exponential in its effect. And I believe that's the same thing that happens when you and I learn to run together in our anointings, in a family anointing, and we get over our offenses with one another, we get over our agendas with one another, and we begin to run together, listen to one another, learn from one another other, then it be, our anointing gets extrapolated, exponential increase. And this is why we can see in various communities, when the, king, when the kingdom people do things well together, generally there's great fruit. There's fruit. When we don't do things well together, things die. And even revival movements over the centuries, you can look at them, when there's relational breakdown, it's often the plug to revival. It plugs it up. Because for some strange, mysterious reason, God the Father has ordained you and I to release the kingdom. I don't even know why he did this sometimes. I look at myself and I think, why did he say that you have the authority in heaven and on earth? That's what, that's what the Word of God says. We'll read it in a moment. It says, you have, I've given you authority It's a great commission. He sort of commissions us. He says, you guys have got authority in heaven and on earth. I still can't really work that out completely. But he's actually ordained you and I to release the kingdom of heaven. It looks like love. It looks like all the fruits of the spirit. But we so often get it wrong. And so there's a plug. And I firmly believe that if we can... It's the same with marriages, if I bring it back to marriages. But but in a corporate setting like this, if we can learn how to release the kingdom of God in and through and with one another, then I believe we can actually release the spirit of revival in a community and actually one that can last, that can get over offenses, get over agendas, get over our problems with one another. You know, if we're controlling, we get over our controllingness. If we're rebellious, we get over our rebellion. And if, but if we're just someone who needs growth, then we grow And all of these things happen in in all churches, in all movements. But there's got to be a time where we get so wise and we say, enough is enough. I actually want to see the real depth of the kingdom released for a change. I want to see the real stuff. I want to see the heart of God actually poured out in a community, not restricted and, and not as soon as there's something that goes wrong, oh, now we all flip and flop and disappear and do all that sort of stuff. Well, that's happened for centuries and it's done nothing for church growth or for salvations. But actually, I want to take us back to our mission for a moment. This is the second point. Our mission is in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. All of you know it. It's called the Great Commission. And Jesus came and told his disciples and he said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I want to just talk about that just for one quick moment, and I hope I don't get too conspiracy. Theorist type for you, but just bear with me. And again, you can switch off if this is just not on your page. Um, I really like to read about um, financial markets and global financial markets, and I, I invest and I look at this stuff every single day. I'm reading about what's happening in the financial markets, and um, after I read my Bible, of course. But um, but I find it really interesting, and in it's area that that I enjoy, and I've learnt a lot over the years and um, you know, in time, I hope to uh, share some of that in a practical way at a finance seminar that I want to run for us and talk about some of this stuff. So I just want to touch on this. And I feel a little bit extra empowered because I was talking to uh, another senior pastor this week and he was right into this stuff. So I'm like, oh, well, if he's okay with that, then, then I, I don't feel so bad anymore. Because... But I think that there's something important about us being forearmed and forewarned about there is a coming end of this age. And I don't have a perfect theology on end times. I really have very little clue about what's going to happen. Uh, However, one thing I do feel is going to happen is that financially there is going to be a shaking and quite a major shaking. And it's going to shake everything. I think the world is so, the Western world is so entrenched in credit and debt that it can't get out of the situation right now. And right now, the further on you see the markets increasing and the further on you see seeing countries go in debt, it's just pushing the problem further out, just a little bit more, but the problem is bigger. It's like if you have a credit card and you know that you can keep putting money on it but the credit's going to increase but so is the interest and, but you could c- keep going couldn't you I mean it's terrible what the credit card they'll ring and say hey whack on another 10 you know and they're at 17% interest and you're, you're, and you're watching it but if you really needed to you could put on another month the interest goes up and then if you really really needed to you could put on another month and, and keep living on that but there's only a certain amount of time that a nation like Australia and the US and Europe etc cetera, etc cetera, can keep Keep living on credit card. The only country that doesn't really do this uh, really successfully is the country Norway, funnily enough. And they've actually put, a, put aside a sovereign wealth fund for their whole nation. It's phenomenal. Some, of the, some people had real foresight in, in the area of finances. However, we live in Australia. And so I think it's important that we realise, don't we? Deep, deep thought there. <laughs> that we actually realise that there is coming an end, and there is coming a shaking and we need to be wise and we need to know that this system is not the thing that we rely on. This system, the, the world system, the financial system, even social security, our governments, they can only do so much and this is not a government slam. This has been, this has been generations of governments that have built what we have now. And so it's no one political bent. It's, it's every, every uh, system that's had anything to do in politics and finance has, has headed this direction. But there is coming a shaking. And it will probably shake things that weren't shaken in the GFC in 2008-9. Because we've got a whole lot more debt now. And so I look at things like this and I say, Jesus knew what he was saying. There is coming an end of the age. And I'm not saying in five years when there's a financial meltdown. I'm not saying it's going to happen in five years. But let's say it's in five years. I'm not saying that's when Jesus is going to return. What I'm saying is that we need to be wise with what we rely on. If you rely on the system to get you out of problems, then it could get shaken in a matter of years. We have to have our reliance on him. And when we look at our mission, our mission is very simple. Our mission is very simple. Let me read it to you again. Therefore, go make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. It's really simple. If you don't think you're an evangelist, you are. If you don't think you're pastoral, you are. Everyone is called to share the message of Jesus Christ. Sometimes even in, you know, uh, apostolic um, dimensions and churches that really understand the fivefold ministry, we can really major on the prophetic and evangelists and apostles. And, and that is really good. And that's been almost a teaching that's needed to come back to the church, I think, in the last 20 years. But sometimes we forget that we are all called to release the love of Jesus Christ. Every single one of us. It doesn't matter what day job you have. This is your great commission. It doesn't matter what calling you have. This is your mandate, and your mission. It doesn't matter what you feel your anointing is. Well, this is the commission. And so coming back to basics sometimes helps us get rid of all our little things. Oh, I'm not this. I'm not that. Well, are you a disciple of Jesus? Yes, I am. Then whatever realm, whatever dimension we have, we are called to share his love with other people. We're called to share his word with other people. And so that's, that's our mission. First one is family. Second one is mission. Last one is army. Ephesians 6.10, great passage. Most of you know it, the armor of God. And um, I won't go reading it, but we know that it explicitly describes a soldier's uniform. And he relates to a soldier's uniform so that we realize that we are in a battle. And maybe that's, that's a good thing to just realize. If you're going through some confusion right now, remember you have an enemy. If you're going through some depression, if you're going through some hard times, if things aren't quite working out for you right now and there's struggles and th- there's oppression, then remember you have an enemy. And so this is what Ephesians 6.10 is for, so that we remember we have armor to stop the enemy. And then we have weapons of warfare as well in that passage. And so we have a shield of faith. So if we have an area of weakness where the enemy is coming at us, confusion or thoughts or negativity or relational breakdown, then we need to stand in faith. We can't have faith in the system. We can't have faith that Malcolm Turnbull is going to help us, you know, put in a policy and help our situations to your marriage. That's up to you. That's up to you to dig into the faith you have in Jesus Christ, the person of the Godhead who makes everything real to us through the Holy Spirit. And when we know Jesus, then we know we can have faith. And when we stand in faith, we can apply these weapons. And I know that this is something that we have to do on a weekly basis. We have to actively, you know, look at things. Maybe there's things that, uh, maybe there's misalignments or things that aren't going right. Well, we have to actively pray. And I've said to you many times that what Karen and I do, we, I, I, I can't remember who we learnt this from, but we just sponge good ideas off everyone we can possibly sponge from. And we still do that to this day. Um, but we just, when we recognise something that's out of kilter in the family or something coming against us or whatever else, we grab hands and we spend a couple of minutes praying about it. So, okay, we take authority over this. We take authority over this. If we need to repent, we repent. Just get it done. Get it dealt with. And we, that's standing in faith. And then we're using our weapons because those fiery darts that are coming at us, we're then standing in unity. And remember how many two can put to flight? Thousands. Thousands. You have so much authority just in your household that nothing can come against us if we're in right alignment and right authority. Right alignment and right authority. There's so much power in this. But if we have wonky stuff in our relationships and we have agendas, we have control and rebellion or whatever else other things going on in our relationships, then we are wonky and we are susceptible. And so when we get our hearts aligned in these three areas, I think they're key. I want to just go back to family for a minute just to summarize this whole deal. Because, um, because I just want to, okay? That's why. <laughs> but um, there's, there's three things that I look at, areas of breakdown in the area of family, that I think are real keys that I know for Karen and I, have been absolutely pivotal for success. And we haven't arrived, but we're on a journey and we're seeing a lot of good fruit come from what God's taught us. And we don't throw plates at each other anymore. So I'm just kidding. If you're still at that stage, though, you know, visit Rob and Pam this week. Um, <laughs> I want to give you three of the simplest keys that you're going to go. Yeah, we know that, but it's one thing to know it; it's another thing to live it. Are you ready? Just make a clicking sound. Your seatbelt clicking in. All right, that's good. Do you read your Bible every day and do you pray every day? Basic one hundred and one. If your marriage is going right, do you do that? Husbands, do you do that over your wives? Do you do that over your kids? Do you take authority? Do you stand in the authority that God's given you to stand and actually read your Bible? The clearest way to hear the voice of God, and we've done hearing God's voice, the course, and we've read the books, and we've done all of that. The clearest way is open his word. So simple. (laughs) You you read it. Read Philippians, and it's like, wow, I get to verse number three, and he's already spoken. It's real easy. The Bible, the word of God. The supernatural hand of God put this writing in place for you and for me. And if we are not reading our Bible on either every day or very close to, then expect problems. Expect problems. Don't be surprised when marriage issues come up or relational issues come up or financial issues come up. Don't be surprised. You should actually slap yourself and say, well, of course that's going to happen. I haven't read my Bible for a week. The vulnerability that we posture ourselves in is surprising. It's surprising. And some people will sooner go and, you know, go and try to go somewhere to get what they need when most of the time, probably nine times out of 10, it's here. Nine times out of 10, it's here. And so this is such a key. And I know for me, I've stepped it up in the last year or so. And it's just a new level of depth and intimacy with him. It's just a new level. It's really simple. It's really easy. Some days it's a little boring, but other days it's like revelation. That's okay. Okay consistency is king. Consistency in the Word of God is king. It builds an inheritance in you and in me. And prayer goes with that. The second thing, if you're looking at, you know, your financial situation, job, you're looking at your kids, you're looking at uh, your house, you're looking at all of this sort of stuff, the question I have is, do you tithe? Do you tithe? If things are going wrong financially, the first thing you should start doing is tithing. If things are going wrong financially and just you cannot get breakthrough, the first thing we do is go in the opposite spirit and say, right, I'm aligning my household with the kingdom of God. Remember, the end of the age is coming. Have you aligned your finances with the kingdom of God? Or have you started trying to keep everything together? Oh, we got this. I've got a job. I'll do overtime. I'll, I'll salvage something. But have you realized that there's never enough band-aids to solve the wound? The only way to solve the wound is to begin to release the first fruits from our spirit into the kingdom of God. And this is not a push for money. We don't need your money. I don't need your money. God loves a cheerful giver. He loves it when we align our finances with his kingdom first. And we say, you are a priority, Lord. You're a priority for my house, for my marriage, for my finances. I'm going to give into the kingdom of God. If you do not tithe, expect financial problems. And you might say, well, that's a radical thing to say. Well, it's what I've seen over 41 of my years that this is something that Christians have. Now, you might say, what about other people who aren't Christians and they still succeed? Hang on, hang on. That's a different rule book. You could say that about a whole lot of things in life if you want to say that. But when we are children of the Most High, He has called us to live a life that is different. He's called us to live a sanctified life. He's called us to live a life holy unto him. He's called us to live a life worthy of his glory. And he's called us to live a laid down life for the kingdom because the end is coming. And so for some reason, he loves it when we participate in the offering of giving. It's an Old Testament ideology, isn't it? But then in the New Testament, it just gets expanded even more because all of a sudden, it's a free will. It's not a requirement. It's a free will. And so then all the more the father loves it when things are free will. Those of you who are fathers, uh, mothers, grandmothers, grandpas, uncles, aunties, whatever it is, you will know that when something from the next generation is given as a free will thing to you, it is a radical blessing. And this is exactly the same with tithing. I actually want to say something radical. I don't believe in tithing. Just sit on that for a minute. I believe in so much more than tithing. Tithing is 101. Tithing is just 101. It's it's a word that we've given in New Testament ideology, taken from Abram. Then we can see it through the law. And then we can see it exploded in the new covenant. But it just began with tithing. It just began with tithing. And then we see under the new covenant a releasing of all the more everything is yours, Lord. Everything is yours. So actually, that was just the beginning. That was just the very beginning. And so I want to ask the question again. If you've always struggled financially, do you give to him? Do you give to the house of the Lord? Do you give to his heart? There's something that brings such a balance in a household when all the family knows we're givers. It's, it's a radical, radical blessing. And I'll leave it there. But if you want to ask any more questions, I'm happy to ray for an hour or two about the blessing that karen and i have seen in the area of giving and we keep doing it to this day as much as we can whenever he leads us of course first to the house of god and then other things but whatever he's leading us we take every opportunity we can to sow because there's such breakthrough in sowing the third thing and this is what i'm going to finish on is that this week i had the opportunity to have breakfast with peter McHugh, who was here on monday night for the masterclass. what a great night that was um, so much wisdom. We did, we did video it, so we'll try and sort of package it up somehow that people can get their hands on it if you couldn't make it. But so much wisdom. There was almost too much for an hour and a half to sort of absorb, wasn't it? We, we, we need time to sort of chew on it. Um, but that's a good thing. And, um, and so it was such a blessing to have him here. But anyway, so we went to breakfast on, um, on Tuesday morning, and we had a buffet. And it reminded me, as I was thinking, uh, only healthy stuff, of course, Um, Well, I had a sausage. It's not really healthy. But anyway, um, no judgment, right? (laughs) Um, But I realized something this week as I was thinking about this. Church is like a buffet. There's all sorts of different types and all sorts of different flavors and everything like that. But when we learn to do it well together, it's incredible, Ever been to a buffet and just stood back and look at all those flavours? I mean, it's phenomenal, isn't it? Um, We still remember it when we went to Germany on our first or second trip, I can't remember, and we took the kids and on the way through, we stayed in Singapore for a couple of nights and we stayed at this fancy hotel and they had just the grandest buffet we've ever seen. I mean, they had everything, you know, donuts and... I mean, it was incredible, just huge, phenomenal. And still to this day, they want to go back there just for the buffet, Right. (laughs) That's how good it is when God's people learn to live in unity and in a tribal anointing that runs for the kingdom together. It's incredible. It's incredible when we put our agendas aside and when we actually learn to do the kingdom business. Kingdom business. Not our business, not our agenda but actually his agenda. Yeah, he's called Karen and I to lead. That's that's something he's called us to do. Absolutely, we'll do that unashamedly. We'll bring order. We'll bring structure. That's what he's called us to do. But ultimately, it's to run together. Run together in a family anointing that actually knows our mission, that actually can run together in unity when little things sort of arc up. I mean, Paul says it in his letter a little later. It's like, hey guys, settle your dispute really early if you can. Settle it really early. It's just like little fatherly encouragement he gives. And half the time they're over nothing anyway. So it's like get over ourselves and just let's do this thing. And so I really believe that that's that's something that God over the next year or so, something that Karen and I are really praying into. We pray over all our people almost every night, I think would be accurate to say, every single night. And it's, it's not just something we say. We actually pray a blessing and a covering And we do that because we know the enemy is out to bring division. He's out to bring disunity. And so if we can find his heart and run together in unity, I'm telling you, it's so powerful. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Because when you're down, someone else is up. When you're up, someone else is down. And we need each other like a really, really good Singaporean... uh, Sorry, it was a Malaysian buffet, wasn't it? I can't remember what country we were in. But anyway, it was nice. It complements one another because you take a little bit of that, take a little bit of that, and then you begin to serve. Ah, I'm going to serve here. I'm going to release my little bit of, uh, Leif Hetland calls it my special source. I'm going to give you my special source because we need each other's special source, don't we? But unless we actually serve together, then it's, it's just all about receiving. Oh, I'm going to receive this. I'm going to pick and take this. No, we actually serve in the kingdom together. And that's really where I want to leave it today. That if you're bored, begin serving. If you're frustrated, begin serving. It's one of the quickest ways to get over your boredom or your frustration spiritually. Oh, I'm frustrated. I can't hear God's voice. Get together with God's people and begin serving. Very quickly, things crystallize. Maybe your own heart issues begin to crystallise or maybe it's something that they can actually help you with. It's like, wow, this is awesome. We're doing this together. We're doing this together. And, And that's, you know, Jesus says it time and time again about unity and what a blessing it is. And we've seen that. We love that. We'll keep unity above just about anything these days. We'll keep peace above just about anything these days because there's so much power when we as God's family learn to do it right and we lay our agendas aside. We lay control. We lay our little things and our little bents. And I met with another pastor on Thursday as I closed for the 14th time. Um, So you can tell I'm hanging out with Pentecostals because that's what they do. But um, anyway, so this is a guy I actually used to, he used to be my group leader when I was at Paradise when I was uh, in my 19, 20 year old. And uh, anyway, so he's got a great church up in Brisbane and we caught up again. And um, one of the things that, that he said is that consistency is so key. Every now and then he'll, he'll bring in a bit of chili. He'll bring in a bit of pepper. He'll bring in you know something that, that's needed in the body, but you can't live on chili. You can't live on it. You need it every now and then for flavor. Some of us do, some of us don't. Whatever you need, your little special sauce. But ultimately, we actually live the kingdom of God through relationship. If we don't do relationships well, we don't do the kingdom well. If we don't get it right with relationships with other people, that's people in authority because that's a huge issue for people in the church. Oh, I don't like authority. So we rebel against authority. The kingdom of God is stifled in our life, absolutely stifled. doesn't matter how much you pray and fast, it's stifled. I've proven this for over a decade now. I've been studying it internally and watching this thing. You can have some of the most gifted people, prophetic or evangelistic or whatever it is, But if they have a rebellious issue with authority, they will be capped until that issue is dealt with. And when that issue is dealt with, there's such a great release of the kingdom, such a great release of sonship, that what we've been rejecting all of our lives all of a sudden becomes the greatest blessing. And that's the Father heart of God. It's the Father heart of God, isn't it? So let's stand today, and I just want to pray over us. Thanks, guys. Lord, we thank you for Father's Day. We thank you for fathers. We thank you for mothers. We thank you for uncles and aunties and grandparents. And Lord, what a blessing kingdom family really is. And Lord, we're just scratching the surface, but we ask that you would give us greater revelation of understanding what what this is and how to do it well. Lord, we pray that you would cut off every attack of the enemy over this household. Lord, every little confusion, every rebellion, every control, every little arrow of confusion the enemy would try to bring against every household represented here and corporately us as a kingdom family. And we take authority over those things now in Jesus' name. We cancel them with the blood of Jesus and we ask for your victory to be released I ask for your victory to be released in marriages. I ask for your victory to be released in financial areas. I ask for your victory to be released in healing. I ask for your victory and your life and your family anointing to cover this place like never before. Lord, we pray for such a spirit of unity. Lord, that would rise up if anyone comes against us and says a word about us. Then we would rise up with that family anointing and say, don't you dare talk about my brother like that. Don't you dare talk about my sister like that. Don't you dare talk about my pastor like that. Wow, what a thought. Jesus, we want you. We want you. We don't want games. We don't want agendas. We actually want to see you made manifest in and through us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for every person you brought here today. And I just release the Father's blessing, your blessing, Father, over us in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.